Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome. Take a seat. We're happy to see you. Um, we do have some bad news. Um, we were looking through your room while you were at work, and we found something that you probably didn't want us to find. Weed. Just so much weed. Like, Just oh my god. Just a lot of weed. And, like, we were expecting, like, marijuana, but you just, like, ripped up a bunch of grass from the yard. And, like, it was a bunch of, like, dandelions and crab apples and just, like, genuine weeds. And we want to make sure that you're not smoking those. Yeah, that's a good way to, like, die. Super bad for your lungs because, like, there's dirt in it. I mean, but Probably it, a it might pesticide. be natural. Yeah, but like, hey man, don't go picking through our garden anymore. You don't know what what's in there. It's it's none of that stuff is treated. Like like if you want like genuine weed, like like I know a few people, but like this is I do you need to see a doctor? Dude, it's legal in half of America. Like what are we doing? So like I'm just concerned for you. Yeah, but uh, Craig, I can't do this bit anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Here's, here's what's going on. Yeah. If you got caught with weed in your room yeah. right now. Right now. Um, Probably nothing. I mean, I'm 24. Yeah. I live on my own. It's legal in my state. Yeah. <laughs> I would just have to, ex- I mean, because if anyone would catch it, it'd be Macy. And I'd be like, I'd have to literally say, this is not mine. <laughs> it's not mine. Uh, and if it was, it'd be, I'd be like, it would be very hard to explain because I can't smoke it and I get drug tested. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, I'm a dealer. I've been making money on the side. I mean, how do you think this motorcycle is going to get paid for? Like, Right. Like, hey, man, motorcycle gear does not grow on trees. I had to find a way to finance this. Um, Do you want to talk about our movie? Uh, Sure. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Um. Yeah, I got to pick the movie. Okay, so here's how this broke down, audience. Oh, do you want to do the whole thing you do? Uh, Sure. Uh, We are watching <laughs> the 1970s animated Robin Hood movie. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 22 minutes, 19 seconds. Okay, so this is my month to do the movies that shaped me. There are, I picked four movies for every week of this month, and we're going to go through... Kind of just dissect why this movie impacted me. This mo- this is the youngest one. All the other ones were during like 10 to 15. This one was like 6 to 10. 5 to, yeah, 5 to 10. Uh, and it made a difference. However, I have not seen this movie since like 2010, 2009 maybe. Um, but I remember it had an impact on me. And I remember a lot about it when I went back and we watched it. So, Craig, there, I would say there's a few elements of this movie that I adopted or just fell in love with. What do you think those elements were? Um, I think Robin Hood's kind of like, he has this like charismatic, flirtatious personality, but he really only cares about one girl. I, I, that is very you. It, dude, I'm like, that's it, bro. That's what I want to be. Like, very charismatic, like, everyone likes you, but you get to choose the one girl that you like. 
Yup. Super misogynistic. Bro, this movie's so misogynistic. <laughs> but I'm like, yes, dude, that's what I want. Um, what else? You, you on a roll so far? Um, I think the idea of just like impressing royalty. There, there's something about like the underdog of it that I think probably got you. Like he's. St- uh, not not so much the sticking it to the man. I don't know if that really resonated with you, but like mm-hmm. Robin Hood was the best archer and people knew that he was the only one that could make this kind of shot. I think I think there's like a reputation thing that you really like. Yep, big reputation guy where he just walked in and be like, "Oh, that's Robin Hood. Like he's the man." That is so freaking cool. And I'll give you the last one. The last one was the fi- final, like one of the final scenes. It's a it's a jailbreak scene. I'm like, this yeah. is a freaking, and it's a heist at the same time. It's a heist and a jailbreak. It's like an elaborate plan only done by like two people. It's got disguises. It's got being found out. It's got a f- plot twist death at the end. I'm like, this guy is a gangster, bro. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's the three elephants. You you hit two of them. It's the reputation. Is that like charismatic, flirty? Everybody wants to just get a piece of them. And then that like heist thing at the end. I'm like, that is so dope. So my two favorite scenes in this movie is the archery contest and and the jailbreak. And they're freaking bangers. Those scenes are bangers. Yes. So this what you don't movie... realize is there's a lot of songs in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I forgot about that. Um, this movie's pretty short. Um, when you take out all like the intro and outro fluff, you're sitting at like 70, 75 minutes of genuine content. Um, and it really breaks down to like four scenes. You know, it starts with the fortune telling scene. Then we get the scene with the kids playing with the princess then we get the archery scene. Mm-hmm. Then we get the prison break scene. That's that's what the movie boils down to is those four just plot beats. And three of those plot beats happen in the first 45 minutes. And the last one takes a, takes the rest of the 30 minutes. Yep. So, yeah, there's like um, when the movie feels like it should be over, you got to realize, oh, dude, there's 30 minutes left. And it's just because there's like there's like a win or like halfway through the movie and then it goes south fast bro then you see like a true bad guy in in the prince that you don't normally see um and i forgot about that because the movie gets like kind of depressing for a little bit yeah and so the prince you know he's he kind of becomes king he's like pseudo king de facto king if you will his brothers on the crusades so he's left to run the kingdom. And he's just like, I didn't, I've never seen this before. And it was a little unsettling how inf, uh, infantilized, infantized, what's the word? You know the word I'm looking for. He's played as yeah. an infant uh, very strongly. He has these incredible, like, childlike qualities. He's always sucking on his thumb. He's throwing tantrums to the point where it's, Almost uncomfortable. Yeah. Made you uncomfortable. Yeah. See, I grew up around this movie. We wa- we had it on VHS and I watched it all the time. So I'm, I think I'm just like used to it. And I 
get what they were going for, you know. Uh, he's a he's portrayed as a child, unfit to run the kingdom. He's on this power trip. He's basically playing like mom and dad aren't home, and it's his first weekend alone. Um, and there are moments where that plays well, like in that archery scene when he's like kind of like cry yelling like i'm in charge i'm in charge i'm in charge like you know it seems like that where it makes sense then there are some times where it's played for laughs you know all the times he sucks his thumb where i'm just kind of like we are really doubling down on this aren't we huh yeah it's yeah it's weird also like he's got like a snake that's his servant and they have a super weird relationship yes um I mean, all of this goes over my head when you're watching it as an elementary schooler. So, like, the taxes, I'm like, oh, that guy's just taking all of their money. And then you realize, like, oh, these guys are, like, dying. Yes. They, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. I remember the scene where um, the sheriff comes in and robs from Friar Tuck after the mouse just gave him their last coin. I'm like, this is dark stuff. Yeah. I find this really interesting because I'm not super familiar with Robin Hood's like the genuine Robin Hood story. Like everyone knows the big beats, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. steal from the rich, give to the poor, the archery contest. Like that's all Robin Hood staples. Um, this Robin Hood movie is, it's weird how government focused this Robin Hood was. Cause whenever I yeah. hear steal from the rich, give to the poor, I assume that it, that they kind of mean like the 1%, you know, the elites in the town that, you know, they might be tight with the King, but they're not the actual government. This whole movie is like one big anti-tax propaganda message. Yeah. It's, Cause they're, they're, Getting taxed and then just stealing the money back. It's yeah. it's weird. But also like they're obviously getting taken advantage of. Like the sheriff is robbing blind people. So it's it's just weird. I will say there are cool parts of this movie. There were parts that I thought were so boring. Um I think the scene after the arrow contest when they get away and they're like celebrating like long live Robin Hood, there's like a musical number. That whole part could have been cut out. It's so awkward. And like, I don't, here's the thing. This movie's so short. Cutting anything out is a little weird. Um, yeah. But I think there was still quite a few just like unnecessary scenes. Yeah, that whole scene, the scene where the kids were playing with the princess could not end soon enough. Like, I, yeah, I think it was just to show that the princess was cool. But I'm like, man, dude, this is a long scene. Yeah, the fact that, like, one kid goes into that yard, and then they invite all the other kids into the yard, and then they all have a session together. I'm like, whoa, guys. Guys, we get it. The princess is cool. She likes Robin Hood. No, we get it. Yeah, it's not the best written thing. Um, (laughs) I will say, little little John, he's a bro. He can hang with the best of them. Little John is the he's what i want wanted all my best friends to be like that guy was down for anything robbing people breaking people out he was the wingman of the year and attempting to assassinate the king you know or threatening to assassinate the king i'm just like all right man yeah dude i respected him i'm like this guy is freaking dope 
Um, so I loved him. This movie starts with mm-hmm. a very long intro scene. And, you know, it was of the time, you know, up until the late 70s. Intr- this is how movies were made. They all had these long intro scenes. But I don't know if it's just because they're old or because we've changed or because I just don't personally like it. That whole, you know, they do like a little song at the intro and it does it does a character introduction where it says, here's this person, here's what animal they are, and who's and this is who they're voiced by. Right. And that goes on for a bit. And also, they it does that, I think it was Snatch that did this too, where you introduce so many characters up front, I will forget by the time they become relevant. Yep. It's, it got obnoxious quick, bro. I, the thing is, is it's, it's too long. It's too long. I've dude, when I was a kid, I was straight up told Macy, I'm like, listen, this was on VHS. I just fast forwarded through all of this. <laughs> this whole opening number, this whole storytelling thing. I fast forwarded through all of it. I'm like, let's get to the action. Um, did, did they bring up King Richard at the beginning and I just kind of missed it? Yep. Okay. Because, they talked about him leaving for the crusades and everything. Okay, okay, okay. Because that was something that I did not catch for one reason or another so at the end of the movie when they start bringing up king richard again i'm like i don't know who you're talking about why why is this man and he so shows important? up at the very end yeah like the cool older and brother rem- dude until now i'm like who is that guy when i was a kid i'm like i, I couldn't read so i was just like who is that guy because in the beginning <laughs> and- in the book it says he went on the crusades and then it gets brought up once but you have to like be paying attention so at the very end i'm like well, this I have no idea who that guy, that guy is. I also didn't understand the joke when the um, snake falls into the or gets put in the ale barrel. And oh, I'm okay. like, has he just been in there for a while that he's sleepy? <laughs> uh, no, he was just under the influence. So there was like, I just didn't get it. There was a lot I just didn't get. And uh, the movie ends, you know, still talking about, you know, the King Richard character. The movie ends with such a. It's like, okay, we have exactly 75 minutes worth of animation budget. We cannot go a second over. Because the movie ends very abruptly with the narrator being like, King Richard came back and he fixed everything. And now they're getting married and everyone's happy now. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. The movie ends with no joke, 30 seconds of narration. Yeah, bro. It's, it felt rushed back then. Cause this is a, they end it with like a kind of cliffhanger, like towards like the last three minutes and you find out Robin Hood's still alive after he jumps. Um, and then it's just like, and by the way, everyone got locked up and they're getting married. Uh, the end. <laughs> it, um, it, this yeah. is kind of what I imagine when people think of like the Disney brand TM, like this is like a big representation of that concept. The like very lighthearted, you know, good guy versus bad guy. Everyone roots for the good guy. No one is really in any real danger. Um, that kind of like family friendly Disney seal. Like this, mm-hmm. this is what people think of. When they think of that concept, this checks all those boxes. Yes. I will also say, for the most part, the music's pretty good. It's yeah. It's pretty good. Um, towards the, I think it gets better as it goes through. The score in the background's pretty, pretty dope. Um, 
I enjoy this movie not nearly as much as I did growing up, though. Sure. Um, it did get nominated for an Oscar for one of the songs. Um, best original song did not win, but like it also got nominated for Grammy for for the soundtrack. Um, yeah, but it was all right. The movie's all right. Yeah, there I are. I think now the golden age of Disney. I think everyone has kind of just said is the '90s. It's the Lion King. It's the Mulan. It's the um, Little Mermaid. That's like the golden age. This is 20 years before that. And it was just like the Snow Whites, the Sleeping Beauties. There's this, like the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And it's good. It just gets better later. Yes. Um, the one thing, like this movie's pacing is wild. We mentioned this earlier. But because of how it is, I was like genuinely disappointed or just like taken aback because he wins the archery contest and I'm like, Oh wow, we're wrapping it up. Cool. And then I like check to see how long it is. And I'm genuinely halfway through the movie and I go, yeah. uh, Oh, okay. This and movie's like, 90 minutes long and I broke it in half. Yeah. It's crazy. It's that's not good. Yeah. It's not good. It, it, Cause, and also it feels like two different movies because like you said, the second half is way darker. There's, uh, it kind of has a different plot. There are different motivations. Like it feels like these were two separate made-for-TV movies that got just edited together at the center. Yeah, dude. Because I think the second part is just where the king's like, "We're gonna tax the crap out of them." Then, and then that's like we came back from intermission, and now it's a different story. Yeah, and I, it, to be honest, I. Th- think that's what happened i think there was like an intermission um because back when every movie had an intermission or like a break in the movie theater or something um because the there's like ending number of the first quote-unquote act and then when you come back and was getting taxed to pieces that's when fire tuck gets taken into contest uh custody and going to be executed um and then robin hood comes back so it's it is very much two distinct stories Yes. Um, and it doesn't work as well as it should. Yeah. I am glad that I've watched it because it's one of those movies that you see clips of all over the place. Um, people love this Robin Hood archetype. Um, and I'm going to be honest, there's not enough Robin Hood in this movie. He's in half the movie. Yeah. We spend a lot of time with other characters that aren't him to the point where you kind of forget it's a Robin Hood movie, especially in the second half. Yeah, but I kind of di- it makes him like mysterious because half the time he's on screen, he's in a disguise. So yes. people we know it's Robin Hood. A lot of people in the scene, like the other animals, because by the way, these are all animals. Yeah. The whole movie is just like um, an adaptation where everybody's animals. And we know it's Robin Hood. Most other people don't know it's Robin Hood or they don't know what the plan is or anything. Um, the the dude is just freaking cool, man. Also, I totally forgot because when you're a kid, like people just talk like this. Everyone's got accents. Yes. And I'm like, now I'm realizing I'm like, I didn't. How did I not pick up on this? I'm sure I heard it. And I'm like, oh, these animals talk weird. No, these are British accents, Scottish accents. They're just not American. Yeah. Um. Okay. We can't not talk about it. Made Marion, bro. She's a baddie. Okay. She's a baddie. She's a half fox, bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that being said, Robin Hood, good looking dude too. It's just weird that my brain is just like, 
Yo, she's bad. They definitely, there's definitely like a childhood crush aesthetic to them. Um, they kind of fit that, you know, there's a cartoonishness to them, which makes sense because this is a 1973 cartoon. Um, but I think the cartoonish features that they have really lend themselves to that, like handsome and rugged and gentle and pretty archetypes that they both very easily fall into. I'm sorry, I just googled Maid Mary and Robin Hood 1973 and one of the suggested searches was gun. Why are there photos oh, of no. Maid Marian with a gun? There was only one. I thought there would be more. No, I'm gonna, now I'm disappointed. No, I'm doing it. Maid 83. What is going on? Robin I thought Hood. you were going to say like Rule 34 or something. No. Like oh my God. Jeez. No, she just has I mean, a gun and a weird, bloodthirsty look in her eyes. What the heck? Yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> the movie's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, do you uh, have any final thoughts or anything like that? Yeah, I think, you know, my review of this score or my review of this movie is going to be. Um, Due to the fact that I didn't watch it as a kid, it is. Listen, I am a champion of saying that, you know, just because it's animated doesn't mean it's for kids. Hey, guess what? This is a kid's movie. Um, yes. 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 Uh, and it is not written for the modern adult. It might have been written for a 1973 adult, not a twenty. Well, the joke adult. was, oh, my gosh, they're dressing up as girls. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was, um, yeah. So it sits at like a five and a half. It's not offensively bad by any sense of the imagination. Um, it's just boring. Yeah, I'm giving it five and a quarter. I, I mean, I grew up with it, and I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm not gonna watch this again. It's so much better in my head that like I kind of wish I didn't ruin it. Um, we got an Im- improv segment. Welcome back, non-movie listeners. Yada yada yada. Um. We're doing two degrees of separation, Craig. Uh, for the audience who, you know, aren't dedicated listeners, this is when uh, we list two things that are seemingly unrelated and it is the other person's job to connect them like it's a conspiracy theory. Like these two have worked together convoluted in a convoluted way and they're obviously connected if you just paid a little bit of attention. So I'll give Craig two things, he'll give me two things, and then uh, we'll flip it on its head and expose how it really works. Craig, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I'll have you go first. Um, Sweet, Alex. I need you to connect marathons and the companies that put them on okay. with uh, higher education. I mean, whoa. Okay, yikes, bro. I need to be like taking Adderall for this. The amount of focus, <laughs> freaking Ritalin or something. All right, I got it. Here we go. In sixty seconds or less. Let's see what we can do. I'm putting a timer on, which is not going to make any sense to our audience because it's going to be edited down. Here we go. So the companies that put on marathons are straight up a front for higher education. It is well known and well documented that at this point, colleges are corrupt. It's about money. It's about nepotism. It's about alumni funds and their donations. And frankly, they have not been getting enough money. So they have found a way to launder through black market deals a way to, to, you know, clean up the money they're getting from ulterior sources. We're looking at marathons and the companies that are associated with them. All that money that comes in to the marathon, no one's checking how many runners there are. 
Of course, you're assigned a number. What you don't realize is half of those numbers never finish the race. They're just assigned. You don't need your social security card. You don't need an ID. You just need payment toward the race. And so many people sign up the day of the race that they can just say, oh yeah, we had more people sign up than whatever. Oh, the reason they didn't finish the race and get a time, they just, marathons are hard, whatever. And it's just a way for all these colleges and universities to just wash the money, man. So what we landed on was higher education creates fake runners to launder their own money? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I right? mean, so I guess, where? so why does higher education need <laughs> to launder money? We didn't really- Because un- the thing is, is- they're, I mean, all their donors are donating and stuff, right? Yeah. It's all for tax reasons. Yeah. That's why anybody launders money, right? But they might be getting, it hasn't been enough. Tuition has not been enough. But they're getting so many donations and they need to find a way to get that money into their pockets without, you know, getting charged taxes and all those donations or as much donations. Or if they got money, like, illegally. So I'm not a criminal. I can't break it down exactly because obviously I'm not associated with them, but you get the point. I I guess so. I get the point well enough to where we could move on, probably. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, Craig, you're going to connect uh, firefighters, especially people, 24-hour firefighters, and then you're going to connect the rising prices of printer ink. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, firefighters. This is going to be good. Right? Yep. The, the the heroes of our nation, though they are the ones that nobody has a problem with. Everyone can get on board with firefighters. Um, and there are firefighters that, you know, the fire station is their home. They live, eat, sleep at that fire station. They're, that That is their domain. Now, what you do when you live somewhere is you got to make yourself feel at home. And... This means the amenities that comes with a home, a TV, uh, books, stuff like that. And what happens when you run out of things to do? You start printing off your own things. And so these firefighters in like a Rapunzel-esque way, feeling trapped in their fire stations, just they've run out of things to do. So they just start printing off other stuff. They're just they're just going ham on this printer ink. So because they are the nation's heroes, these ink manufacturing companies save you know they make ink reserves toner reserves for these heroes for the firefighters and so the what the the ink and toner that's left for the consumer must be priced accordingly to make up for the fact that so much is given to our firefighters and the fire nation not the fire nation but you know fire nation um craig i'm not gonna lie to you yeah, what's up? That made too much that sense. Was, that made that was that was kind of hard to follow. Okay, let me break it down quick. The ten second version: Firefighters sure. live at fire station. You run yep. out of things to do when you're stuck at the fire station. Yep. The thing that they have resorted to for entertainment is printing things off. It could be more books. It could be fan fiction. They could just be printing off pictures of Michael Jackson for all I know, for their own right. personal entertainment. Hmm. And so they need printer ink, and because they're firefighters, they get first priority. And so we, the consumer, get the offset of what's left. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know. Makes a lot of sense. I'm glad you explained it like that because yes, I was really confused in the beginning. 
And now it makes more. And I'm not saying it's wrong. By all means, you know, if you're at the fire station 24-7, print off whatever you like. I don't care. Yeah, you deserve it. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah, we can... We can not do another one of those. I think that was good enough. Um, that was two degrees of separation. I'm sure we opened your eyes to what's actually going on. Um, I think it's time we move on to our middle segment. Uh, one star, two star, red star, blue star. Um, if you need a little bit of review, because we haven't done this one in a while, I have pulled five random products on Amazon. I'm going to read a review. It is up to Craig to guess... On a scale of one to five, how many stars a review you've got? Re- how many stars a review gave? And also, wager a guess at what exactly the product is. I'm only going to do one or two for each product, and I'm going to make sure to edit out certain parts so it doesn't explicitly say what the product is. Craig, are you ready? Sure, man. Here we go. It takes some time to kick in, but when it does, bam. Took two. Woke up super in the mood in the middle of the night. Put my wife's hand on, well, you get it. She was very pleased, as was I. Get you to that good point and stays there. Like someone mentioned before, it's not like having a new weapon, but it does what you you want it to do. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that's a four star rating. Okay. It's a five. Okay. A perfect rating. Now this could be a multitude of things. I'm just going to... Want to wait? Want to hear another review? Yeah, let me hear another one. Okay, let me pull uh, a not so decisive one. I think that one it was very clear what they were feeling. Um, not sure if it doesn't work or if I need to take more. According to my husband, there was not much going on with this product that he could feel. He liked another product he took with similar ingredients, and I could not keep him off me. He was like a teenager again. But since that product is no avail, no longer available. We tried this one for fun, and it did nothing to motivate him of any kind whatsoever. Oh, well. Are these just enhancement pills? These are horny, horny goat weed for men. Cool. Stamina, endurance, uh, circulation, joint and back support. <laughs> the joint and back support is crucial that with is these medications. secondary... Uh, purpose for what we all know what this is for i Um, feel like that i feel like that this pill was created for the joint and back support and they re and then the the primary thing uh kind of came around accidentally they're like like, oh this makes me whoa oh i feel like an animal again yeah i feel pretty good i wonder how they came with the name horny goat weed well alex i can't imagine how you would come up with anything else Right. I, <laughs> well, you can see this at like Walmart and Walgreens. This is like where the vitamins are. I have to go. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Craig, got another one. You're off to a good start so far. Yeah. Next product. That one didn't leave much to the imagination. I, I, I can't imagine anyone didn't know what that was about. Right. Here's the next one. I run and my daughter plays soccer. So this, this gives a lot of use on leg muscles. I have been wanting one of these for a while and did some research. Super happy with our choice. It holds the charge pretty well and definitely gets a good target. Holds the... Okay. Um, is, this, is this a four star? This is a five star again. Man, I, I, I refuse to believe that people will five star anything. Um, but my, my first gut... I, 
until that last sentence where it says that it holds a charge like that doesn't make yes. very much sense so i'm gonna say it's it feel it's probably like a fitbit type thing it is not i'll give you another review okay i am officially out 300 dollars and have a non-working piece of junk that was only used roughly 50 times if anybody out there has an idea how to fix this i'm all years as i called customer support and they didn't really care much at all to help for something that costs $300 and was treated with care, it should still be working with no issues. Be cautious when buying and understand that if your product dies, there are not many ways to fix it or troubleshoot it. While it was working, it worked great. Did everything it was advertised to do, and I was very happy with it. However, after using it for over a year, again, maybe 50 times, I would plug it in, the lights would come on, and uh, it would just give up eventually. This is so interesting. That feels like a two-star review. That is exactly what it is. It's a two-star yeah. review. Um. The so here, here's what I'm, okay, it feels like it's a fitness thing, because the first review was like, I run, my daughter plays soccer, that's the kind of vibe, right? So okay. I, yep. it, it, it's giving off, like, workout something. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what's a workout thing you only use once a week? Because if it was used 50 times over the course of a year, that's a once a week thing. Right. I'm going to say, and, and it's $300, and it's not like a heart rate monitor or anything like that. I'm going to say this is like, um, is it like a, like a digital, like workout? I'm going to, the, I don't even know what this would be, but like the modern workout VHS tape, is it like a digital, like workout program? No, it's the Theragun Prime oh, electric handheld okay. massage gun. Okay. My, Cause my first instinct was to say those like compress braces that, people wear um but mm -hmm. yeah i guess not i guess that makes sense that makes sense sure um i got another one for you i will say it's a book or a collection of books you're gonna have to guess which one okay this is going to be difficult but it's very popular very popular um i bought these books the books is in my opinion great i thought it was great to have all the books in a set box but I was a, dis a bit disappointed when I got the books and had them in my hands for the first time. They have thin paper cover on them with the original design on the books. But if you take this thin paper cover off the books are just boring, are boring black. I know this isn't the biggest issue, but I like my books to have a unique look. And the books simply do not have that. I prefer to have the thin protective layer cover when I'm reading because the thin paper can quickly get ripped. My point. Don't buy these if you care about the looks of the books. If you don't care, then buy them. That doesn't um, tell you anything about what kind of books these no, are. No, it the really they come doesn't. In the box set. So I'm going to say like Lord of the Rings. No, I'll, I'll find one. Here's, here's one that's a little bit better. I mean, I have recently been writing reviews for all my purchase products and have saved this review for the last for one simple reason. It is the best. I don't know how to express into words how much I love these books and everything to do with them. This author is a genius and I will love her forever, forever more for making my life worth living. Simple as that. If this is Harry Potter, I'm going to scream. It's the Twilight Saga. Okay. Makes their life worth living. All right, next product. We got two more. Actually, let's just do one more. I'm skipping to the good one. Oh, Craig. Good freaking luck. Uh, way too small, not as described, hanging from the back of your truck or vehicle. Are these truck nuts? They are, in fact, truck nuts. Yeah. I mean, Alex, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you knew exactly what they were, Craig. You knew exactly what they were. In case you were wondering, 
They're chromed out. Yeah, of course. Nuts. A of zinc course. alloy. You can pick between titanium or silver, and they're very shiny. But apparently, according to that review, way too small. And that's it. That's one star, two star, red star, blue star. Craig, a seasoned professional, aced it pretty much. Yeah, I just want to say, um, if you're complaining... Why are you complaining about the truck nuts being too small? I like <laughs> because uh, if you have a, that's what people think already when you drive a big truck. So you need to show them that the balls are big. If you get truck nuts that are also small, this defeats the purpose of truck nuts. But I think it's one of those things that everybody wants big truck nuts. But as soon as they install big truck nuts, they understand how much of an eyesore. That it truly is. The thing about small truck nuts is it's like it's like an Easter egg for your truck is you don't really right. notice. Do you think people who have truck nuts want small nuts? People, the people who would buy truck nuts want small nuts. I think I think small nuts are funnier. You think people with a lifted truck with truck nuts can take a joke? OK, you have. All right. Now I that makes sense. That's fair. All right. Uh, Craig, what do you got for our one hit? This is a segment I'm calling Preferred Pairing. Uh, As you know, as people know, there's a big community and industry about pairing wines with certain meals. It's a whole thing. People dedicate their lives to finding perfect pairings to certain types of meals. I have maybe tried three different wines in my entire life. So... Me trying to uh, pair things with wine would be uh, a fool's game. It would not turn out well for anybody. So instead, I would like for us to pair other things. It doesn't have to necessarily be food, but you can describe a food, a meal, a situation, an environment, and uh, we can find what else pairs with that. Oh, sounds good to me, man. Like like a good Um, example is like, you know... uh, a hot day at the pool pairs well with like a fudge icicle, you know? Okay. I think we need to get, I mean, everybody knows. So we need to come up with a specific, let's do right. Um, you're hungover, but you want to go out still. You go to a diner and you realize they're still serving breakfast. So you can't get that greasy burger you want. What are you going to pair with that? With that situation? I feel like you just get as many potatoes as you can. Okay. Because, like, that's the next level in, like, the greasiness for me that I would want. Maybe just, like, hash browns? Yeah. Can I just get a lot of hash browns? Yeah, exactly. And bacon, Um, and then just make a bacon hash brown mash? Or just be like, I need omelets, but don't clean the grill. (laughs) Um, What pairs... Here's a hard one. What pairs well with getting pulled over with the police? Confidence. (laughs) Um... Confidence pairs well. Interesting. <laughs> now, um, what pairs well with getting pulled over with by the police? Um, a clean driving record, probably. Um, yeah, that pairs pretty well. Yeah, uh, manners. Manners, yeah. Uh, um, a uh, air freshener and no suspicious smells in the vehicle. Yeah, the sun being high in the sky, uh, it <laughs> yeah. not being a particularly busy road. You know, not getting pulled over on the highway. Um, uh, lots of witnesses. Yeah. All these things well. pair very well with that. You know, as long as the sun has not, uh, a sky where the sun has not set is probably the best thing that is paired with being pulled over by the police. 
Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what pairs well with just finishing a book series for the first time? You've been reading this book series for like three months. You finally read the last one. It is done. What pairs well with that event? Okay, two things come to mind. One of them is a nap. Yeah, uh-huh. And then the second one is a walk. Just yeah. outside. I was going to say just staring at a wall for like 10 to 45 minutes. Yeah. I would just like go outside by myself. No headphones. Yeah. And just walk. <laughs> just like look at the trees. Really take in what's going on around you. Because when you finish a series, be it book, movie, TV show, anything, like you need time to decompress. You are not doing anything productive for at least an hour. Right. Um, what pairs well, all right, with being invited to a party you don't want to go to? A death in the family. So, sorry, can't yeah, go. Sure. I can't go. My great aunt's dad passed away. You're like, hey, do you want to come to our housewarming party? Sorry, my great aunt died. Yeah. She's been barely hanging on. She kicked it this weekend. Uh, um, uh, yeah, just other plans goes well with that. Yep, that's fair. A good excuse. Um, oh, I got another one. This is I'm still trying to figure this one out. So we're going to have to get some good brainstorming. What pairs well with asbestos? Um, I feel like a light honey drizzle. Um, really let it like marinate in there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I I think if you like get some greens in there, like some lettuces, uh maybe chop some onions up, get that in there too. Um, right. Make sure you like really mix it all well in there because, um, you know, you got to make sure that it's like easy to consume. Yeah, that makes sense. I still don't really know what it is, to be honest with you. Do you want me to tell you? Is that I'm going to say it's one of two things. It's either a type of mold or it's like a building material, kind of like drywall or something like that. Like it was, I don't know what it is. Though. It was how we used to insulate buildings before we came up, before we got real insulation. Um because original insulation, you know, was made of asbestos and we used it because it was incredibly efficient, but also poisonous. It was kind of like how uh, when people needed metal plates put in their heads, uh, we used to put lead in their heads because it was the strongest metal that we had access to before we realized it would slowly corrupt their brains. Nice. Sweet, dude. Uh, do you have one last one to, yeah. for us to pair? <laughs> um. What pairs well with living next to a nuclear power plant? Uh, a very loud alarm every month. Yeah, strong health insurance. Yeah. Um, I mean, instant death in an emergency. Some sort of like emergency fund given to you by the city. Also, easy access to, to jobs. They employ yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, uh, renewable I can work- energy. And subsidies from the government. Yeah, I you know I could be a security guard. I'll I'll drink the poison water that gets you know expunged from the coolant systems. I don't care. Um, do you th- Teenage was, was that, Mutant Ninja Turtles. Does that lower your property value? Do you think? Uh, yeah. I think just being it's huge. It's a very large thing. I don't think you want to live close to it. Sure. Because yeah. I think it's relatively safe. Everyone like yes, it's, it's yeah. known now that we're kind of got it under control. It's pretty safe. I think just like the amount of traffic of how many people it takes to run it. Um, 
a lot of that stuff, like you have the police around all the time because it's kind of a target for terrorism. Oh, just a little um, bit. I, yeah, I can't imagine you want to, it's desirable, but I don't know if it hurts it. Well, that was preferred pairing. So one hit, Craig came up with it. It's never coming back. Um, so if you loved it, dope. If you hated it, well, you made it through. You made it through. Okay, Alex- what you got for free balling? Oh, okay, um, I watched the first Rocky movie. I had, okay. I, I, yeah. I, I'd never seen it before, and mm-hmm. I, I was kind of chilling. And I'm like, you know what? I could, I could go for some Rocky. I kind of want to watch Rocky. I was scrolling through Netflix. It was on there, and I'm like, sure, why not? I liked that movie way more than I thought I was going to. Dude, it's a good movie. Like Rocky is a good movie. That movie starts and you like instantly kind of get it feels like exactly what a 1978 low budget movie feels like. You know, the audio isn't great. Um, All the spaces feel very genuine because, you know, they had to shoot at places. Um, Yeah, there was no soundstage. They were in Philadelphia. Yeah. So. It feel it's a very raw movie, and once you get that, you're either on board with it or you're not. I wasn't on board with it for the first ten ish minutes of it. It was it takes a little bit to like warm up and like kind of get back into a mindset where you are ready to watch an old movie like that. Um, but once I did that, I found myself enjoying parts of this movie that I didn't expect to. For example, I didn't know Sylvester Stallone was a good actor. He is. This was his first movie. Yeah. He's really good in this movie. Um, And he's very hands-on with this movie. He's like part of almost every production aspect of this movie. Um, He wrote it. um, And it's just like, Rocky is a much more well-rounded character. I kind of expected him to be like the stereotypical Stallone meathead, just kind of like only cares about the muscle. Like I expected that kind of character, but to see Mm -hmm. him kind of like show vulnerability with Adrian and genuinely care about Adrian and having like a personal life and pets that he cares about and interests that he has. Like that was really cool to see those aspects of the mood of a character, especially super endearing. Yeah, absolutely. Like he is the exact kind of person you would want to see in an underdog movie. And so he, he nails that it's fantastic. Um, it's weird how little of this movie is boxing. Um, yeah. Like, when I say, when I was telling people that I had seen this movie, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I kind of wish there was a little more boxing in it. They were like, well, it's not a boxing movie. It's a training movie. I'm like, yeah, but I still wanted yeah. more boxing. and that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no one wants a training movie, though. And so, not him not fighting... Carl Weathers until the end of the movie. That's fine. That makes sense. I just, I wanted one kind of like in Southpaw. I really liked how Southpaw did it where there was an exhibition match in the middle that didn't really have any stakes. It was just like, you probably want to see some boxing. Here's some boxing for you. It's been a minute since the beginning because there's two fights in the beginning of the movie. Then there's a hour. Then there's a fight exhibition. Then 30 minutes. Then the final one. 
And I think that's the appropriate amount of boxing. And that's kind of the pacing I would have liked for this movie is to have kind of a midpoint to where we can check in with Rocky and being like, hey, how is that training going? Um, So that's kind of like the big critique of the movie. Like I said, I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, I am... I'm at a point now where if somebody said, do you want to watch the other ones? I'm not going to say no. They're not super high priority, but like it was, it kind of caught me by surprise. It was, uh, I'm glad I watched this movie. Um, also you want to talk about like 1970s baddies. Um, uh, Adrian, she's my type. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, people love Adrian. Yeah. Big fan of Adrian. Um, so that's like a seven and a half for me. Oh, dude. It's a good movie. Uh, I watched The Pale Blue Eye on Netflix with uh, Christian Bale and Harry Melling. Um, It's like a dark movie. Um, Christian Bale is brought in as a, like, detective slash investigator at West Point. And one of the um, cadets who's helping him do the investigation is Edgar Allan Poe. Um, And it's just about finding out about mysterious murders like um it's because there's a guy who was hanged and they get brought in to just investigate the circumstances um so everyone he's interacting with is military like old lieutenants and stuff in the army and um it's very interesting it's a slow dark and gritty movie from like i think it's like 1880s 1890s so horse-drawn carriages the whole nine old military uniforms nothing you'd recognize now and it's just like a murder mystery but it's got like a dark, gritty tone to it. I mean, um, if Poe is one of your main it, characters, it's gonna be. Yeah, it's dope though. Cause Poe plays like a 20 something and he's like following Christian Bale around helping with the investigation. It's cool. It's a slow movie though. Um, it's very good. You have to watch it all the way to the end. Cause it's where it's one of those things where you think the movie's over and there's 20 minutes left and you're like, oh no. <laughs> what is gonna happen? And it pulls one of those like primal fear twists at the end. Oh, okay. But it does it better. It's way better executed. Because primal fear, they're like, here's the ending. Oh, wait, here's three minutes left of the movie that changes the whole movie. I this looked movie, up this movie, and instead of Google or looking up the name of this movie like a normal person, I did just Google Edgar Allan Poe, like that was gonna give me anything. Right. So this does that same thing, but with 20 minutes. And it does it so much better. And it makes the movie more interesting because then you go back and you're like, oh, man, the whole time it was just dope. Um, Definitely recommend. I'm going to give it a flat seven. Okay. Like it's worth the watch, um, but it's got to be like kind of your thing. Sure. Um, But if you're this might be a movie you could wait and save for Halloween, like spooky season. Um, Yeah, because this movie just came out. It came out in January 6th Um, and it it was good. It was good. Yeah, good. Um, I've been playing the Dead Space remake. Um, Dead Space mm-hmm. was a game that came out in 2008, and they did a remake for the first game, and it came out uh, last week. And let me tell you, this is this is Dead Space. I've I'm like I have not played this game since like 2015, 2016, something like that. And this game plays exactly like I remember the original playing. Um almost to a fault um there are it's one of those things where like everything you do requires like this long animation 
which is kind of like it adds to the tension of it. Like, you know, you need to make sure that you're in a safe space before you activate the upgrades bench because the upgrade bench like unfolds and screens pop up and it takes like 10 seconds to open, which like right. if you're not paying attention, you could get jumped. Um, <laughs> It's definitely not as scary having played it a second time the, uh, like it took a little bit for me to get back into the vibe of it like it definitely has like a scary atmosphere but once i got comfortable mm-hmm. with it again and i started recognizing parts and i remembered certain parts it was like oh i'm just playing this game again um so was it worth paying full price for who's to say I'm enjoying it. I'm glad I'm playing it again. Does it bring anything new to the table? Not really. So if you haven't played it before and you want to pay the money for it, obviously the remake is the better version of it. But past that, you know, that's up to you. Got you. Okay, that's fair. Well, that's all I got, Craig. I don't have another one. Oh, I was going to say something. I totally forgot this. For Small and Tall, we've been kind of on a tear recently. We've been doing some good stuff. Um... In December, we did uh, not quite horse movies because, you know, as a podcast rule, we don't watch movies about horses. So we watched movies that kind of towed that line where horses were involved, but it's not about the horse. Um, And then in in January, you talked about, you know, this episode, the concept of ruining a classic movie in your mind by rewatching it. Um that's what we're yep. doing in these months of small and tall for January. It was my picks. And in February, we're doing bugs picks for this, where we watched a bunch of movies that we really like, but kind of have this, like, I don't want to go back and rewatch it. Cause what if I don't like it a second time? And, um, fortunately, fortunately for me, three out of the four of them survived the test. So that was really cool. If you want to figure out which one didn't, Listen to the episode. Um, but it's really cool. That It's a really fun concept. And if you haven't checked out Small and Tall, now's a really good time because we got some banger episodes in the pocket. Dope. Excited, dude. Yeah, I'm all set. Alex, what are we doing next week? Well, just in time for Valentine's Day, we're doing Hitch. It's about time. This is one of those movies that's kind of like been in our podcast pocket for ever since we started this show. Um, and it was only a matter of time before we got to it. So yeah, it's the freaking 2005 classic. This movie has shaped me and all my friends know why. And we're going to finally get into it on the podcast. Yeah. I'm excited to watch this movie again. Um, this is one of those movies that I should probably just buy because I own it because this was the movie like, Hey guys, come over and watch this movie I have. Yeah. And I want you to. Tell me how much I'm like this guy. So I'm excited to watch it. It's a banger. Um, I hope. I haven't seen it in six (laughs) years. Um, And I'm excited to talk about it next week. All right. Well, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. Um, And you know what? It's cuffing season. Find you somebody for Valentine's Day. You got two weeks. See you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.